This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. If I only had 140 characters to describe this next guest, I would say she is awesome, awesome. Awesome. I am introducing today Melissa Barnes, the director of Global Brands at Twitter, and I'm so excited for you to hear her podcast, not only because she tells the story of her career and how she really shaped her own role at Twitter, not only because she works with some of the best and brightest brands out there, but really because she gives us a sneak peek into the future of Twitter and some incredible things that they're working on. Take a listen. Welcome, Melissa, to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to chat with you today. I am so excited to have you here to help kick off season three. You are one of my first season three guests, and I just couldn't be more excited. And I would love to hear, before we hear about your amazing role at Twitter, I would love to hear a little bit of the story of how you got there. Tell me the story of your career and how you kind of got to where you are today. I initially thought I wanted to be a journalist. Um, I went to journalism school at the University of Missouri and um, thought I wanted to be a journalist because I was interested in many different things. So to me, this was a job that would allow me to just sort of focus on different people and industries and sort of feed that. Um, I got to journalism school and, and, you know, learned a lot in terms of writing and, and, and sort of how do you think about things in the world. Um, but I had a professor who came to me and said, you know, I really think you should think about business. I think um, you would be very good on that side of the house. And, you know, if you're paying for it, I would, you know, be happy to sort of connect you to a, a PR agency and set you up with an internship to see what you think about that. And so switched my original internship plan and, and took this role at an agency in London and found that I really loved it. I loved um the very clear goals of working for a company or a brand, problem solving. And so when I graduated, I moved to New York and worked for a variety of different agencies and got to focus on different industries and brands every day, which was fascinating, um, but also sort of see how marketing was evolving. Ultimately, my last role on the agency side was running our consumer digital team. And, you know, it was the social channels were just emerging at that time and the ability to sort of think about integrated marketing and how you harness these, um, because this is where the behaviors were going, was really interesting and fun. And happened to be um, at a dinner and met somebody who was working at Twitter at the time. This was 2011. And wow. um, she said, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so Twitter wasn't, you know, it's still this little company. Um, but at the time, you know, she said, I think they, we need somebody, um, and pardon the sirens in the background. Um, she said, I think we, we actually are looking for somebody with your background who sort of works with all these different brands and could come in and, and help us build out um, our revenue team. 
Um, and so I ultimately took the step into Twitter. And at the time, um, you know, it was interesting when I was interviewing, I asked everyone on the panel to sort of define my role. And they all gave me very different answers in terms of what they thought, um, you know, running brand and agency advocacy at Twitter would involve. And what it, to me, I, I, and I told them all this, I said, I think you probably need all of these things. I think you need somebody who can interact with agencies. And I think you need somebody who can sort of, um, evangelize with brands. And I think you need somebody who can help develop sales marketing um, materials and all of these things. Um, and so my proposition is to come in and, and focus on the things that have the greatest priority. Um, but also, I think it'll sort of evolve to where I should spend my time based on my skill set and based on where I can drive the most impact. Um, and that's been very much the case in the four and a half years I've been at the company. I've sort of been allowed to sort of um, focus and identify the opportunities that I think are most important um, and build out teams and initiatives around that, um, which is, is, is one of the benefits of coming to a company that's at this stage of development. So it sounds like you were really not only able to build the role, but craft the solutions based around your skill set, which is incredible. Was that something that came naturally to you to do? It's because I'd worked with these huge brands and, and sort of, again, been at this in, in, in marketing in, in, in this moment in time when all of a sudden, you know, Facebook is growing and Twitter is growing and we're seeing, you know, behavior shift to mobile, you know, to do things as they'd always been done would have been the wrong thing to do. And mm. so coming into Twitter, you kind of had to sort of understand that things are going to continue to change and we have to understand where should we focus? What's going to, what are the problems? And I always look at problems as opportunities. What are the opportunities that we think are going to have the greatest impact? And then be able to articulate a business story to our leadership team to say, hey, I think we need to focus on this. Here's why. This is what I think we will deliver if we do this. And this is the impact. And when you can tell a business story to your leadership team, um, you can make it compelling. And when you deliver on that, then, then when you go back to them the next time, they tend to, to lean in and, and want to support you. So that's been my, my experience at the company. And I think it's, what's interesting is as I talk to brands around the world and talk to their leaders, like this isn't just a Twitter thing. Every marketing agent, every marketing organization that I'm, I have exposure to today is shifting and they're trying to move and go in the direction in which everything is moving. And so that skill set, I think I feel lucky because Twitter is sort of a, a very concentrated version of this, but this is something that is fairly universal when you look at dynamic marketing organizations at, at the biggest brands. So it's basically recognizing where things are going and being able to shift to that direction. I love how you were unafraid to just go in there and do that walking into an organization like Twitter's pretty, pretty incredible. And so I know you had talked about how you, what they needed within brand advocacy. And then I know you moved into the director of global brands role. Talk to me mm -hmm. about working with these brands and what they um, expect to see from Twitter when you're trying to get them, you know, really on board with Twitter, understanding, educating all of that. Talk to me about um, how they're approaching Twitter as a network. These are our most important advertising partners. This is, you know, it's Procter & Gamble, it's Unilever, it's Coca-Cola. Um, these are people who've been on Twitter as brands since the platform emerged because they often tend to be the first movers. They've been advertising yeah. with Twitter since we've had revenue products. So we're, we're at this place with them where there's a lot of trust 
um, and they're looking for innovation, but they're also looking for scale. And they're looking to do things not just in one market, but perhaps in 70 markets around the world. So you have, you know, Samsung launching a new device and they need to help. They need our help to understand how they deploy that in many different languages and, and what kind of content's going to perform well and ultimately what's going to drive people to walk into a store and say, I want to buy this. And so it's really about helping them understand how to operationalize on their side, bring them scale, may help them be more efficient, but also there's this huge race to be the most innovative. And so our job is to help them be innovative in a way that's going to meet their business goals, build their brand. And so it's a very, it's a, it's a lovely relationship because we tend to be able to be very honest with them um, because it's all in the spirit of sort of how you as a brand be better. And if we do it right, then it's, it's a campaign that doesn't just live on Twitter. It's a campaign that moves to all channels that, that gets coverage in the news and it starts its own movement. So it, it can be really inspiring um, because they want to they excel and, and they depend on us to do that. And when you're working with these global brands, typically when they're on Twitter, what are the primary goals that they're looking to achieve? Is it like they really want to achieve ultimately reach or engagement? What, what is the language that they're speaking when they're speaking with you? You know, I always push the team to say, ultimately, what is your business goal? Reach and engagements, um, you know, it, it really depends on the platform and, and, and sort of like the value of, of an eyeball can be very different depending on where you sit. And so ultimately, what are we trying to do for this brand or this company? And so if it's build brand equity, if it's drive sales, if it's gain new customers, you know, go to that level because at the end of the day, there's a CEO who's going to look at the impact of what you're doing as a marketer, and you have to be able to translate it into business results. And so um, that's the level we try to start at. Um, and, you know, when we look at sort of how we work with these partners, it's not campaign by campaign. You know, we're really looking at the year ahead and, and frankly, mm. often into the next year about what are we going to do. And um, we're not just um, helping them design campaigns and, and sort of think about content and, you know, doing measurement. We're also thinking about sort of how do we train their teams around the world so that they can be more efficient? How do we take something that was really successful in Spain and bring it to um, Japan and Brazil? Because we think it might work there based on how people use the platform. So these are really sort of deep and layered partnerships because of all the different ways in which we work together. And tell me, when you're working with the brands, are you working directly with the brands, with their agencies, or with a combination thereof? One of the benefits of sort of the understanding we're seeing from CMOs of the importance of tech in these platforms is that they want to be close to the platform. Mm. And so we're working with the CMOs and we're working with their leadership teams, you know, their heads of different regions around the world and their heads of media and all the, all the people who are really those key decision makers. The agencies are an important part of it because they're there every day and, and sort of the arms and legs and, and also, you know, providing strategy in their own right. We definitely like it when they're at the table, but these, these partnerships are at the top of the, the organization and, and it's and, it, and often it's you know we have the CEOs at the table you know they want to be close to it and so it's a great seat to sit in I'd say. Well, I think it speaks to how important the networks are to the organizations, and not only how important they are, but how effective they are that they're working that closely and taking the time to do that. 
Absolutely. Again, it goes back to if you can't tell a business story about what you're doing, you can't be credible. And I think, you know, platforms like Twitter, this is a new way of communicating and it's disrupted not just marketing, but sort of how internally teams are working and thinking. And, you know, we have CMOs who embraced Twitter for their own personal use because it was a way for them to connect to their teams around the world and highlight great work and highlight things that they think are important to those people who might get to see them maybe once a year. You know, we've seen that we've been embraced at the highest levels um, for reasons like that. And tell me about one of your favorite things, one of your favorite campaigns or one of the things that you've seen come to fruition that has been really exciting. Uh, You know, there's, we have so many examples, but I'd say I really love the way that we've worked with Unilever um, for Dove um, because I think it's been really thoughtful in looking at not just what does what message does the brand want to put out there, but what what sort of messages can we pull from Twitter and its vast ocean of data to tell us how we should be talking to people and what sort of campaigns might actually do good, um, you know, because this is a brand that has really done a fantastic job of cause-related marketing and sort of addressing the ways in which women talk about themselves and how they look at other women and and putting this positive message out there. And so whether it's things like Love My Curls or the work that they've done around the Oscars and sort of how people talk about people on the red carpet, you know, to put, um, you know, more positive messages out there around this concept of Speak Beautiful You know, all of this came together because we found, you know, these threads of patterns on Twitter in terms of how people were talking. And the goal was, how do we shift this conversation to something that is more positive? How do we put Dove at the center of that um, and a a mechanism to to spread this good? And um, it's not only done a beautiful, I think, worthy thing in terms of shifting conversation, but at the end of the day, we've been able to prove that we've helped build the brand and we've helped drive sales. And so I think it just hits on a a number of different um, things that are important when brands think about how they should plan. And it's, I think, represents sort of how we're seeing brands shift to where they should go and how they they think and plan about marketing overall. And they're they're fantastic partners at, at Unilever. And Melissa, I know you work with, you know, the largest and biggest and best brands, but one of my favorite things about social media is how it kind of levels the playing field. Like a small business can do amazing things using social media. Do you think that businesses of all shapes and sizes can benefit from using social networks and specifically Twitter? And if so, how does it differ, you know, from obviously the huge brands with these huge, very sexy campaigns, and big budgets, um, how can a small business use Twitter in a great way? So I think absolutely there's a place for everyone on the platform. And um, we've seen that brands or companies that understand sort of, you know, who their audience is and have a clear mission about what they're trying to do with that audience in terms of why they're on the platform. Those are the ones that succeed. So one of my favorite examples is, um, believe it or not, is Bergdorf's. So Bergdorf's at Bergdorf Goodman. It's a store, one store <laughs> in New York. Um, and uh, when they first got on the platform, you know, I, they're, they're sort of in a, a arms race against Barney's, right? Yep. Um, they're, you know, these, these, they both want sort of that wealthy young woman who um, is passionate about fashion. 
And Bergdorf embraced Twitter and did a beautiful job of sort of the voice that they used to not only talk about fashion in a way that was fun, but also sort of the constellation of things that surround them as a brand. You know, the person who was speaking on behalf of Bergdorf's on Twitter, um, you know, did a great job of romanticizing what it is to be in New York and um, the physical space of the store and the excitement around being in the store and the excitement around seeing the trends and the new new clothes come in and um, and then expanding that to beauty and tutorials and things like that. And it became a it became more than a retail environment where you could go get you know, your next bag, it really did a beautiful job of building the brand and what it represents and the glamour of it. And I think that was really powerful. And, and so I think, um, and they had, again, like what they were doing, they were trying to drive people in store, they were trying to build brand equity. And so they, they put a plan in place to do those things. And it resonated with people. It had impact. Brilliant. Love it. And for a single store. So tell me about you and your own social media usage. Obviously, we love Twitter. You're at Twitter. Do you go beyond the Twitter sphere and do you experiment with all different networks? And talk to me a little bit about your own personal social media usage. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you work in marketing, you must. It's an imperative that you experiment with every new thing that comes up. So when I go to different markets, one of the first things I love to do is sort of ask people what apps are on their phone, what are they using right now, um, to understand not only what might be important in that market, but trends that might be coming through that, you know, we don't see yet here in the U.S. And so I, I experiment on every single platform. I'm always looking for that that next thing because I think if something grows and builds because they're doing something that's unique or different. And so we need to, we need to see those behaviors and, and, and follow along as human beings first. Um, you know, on Twitter, um, I, I'm a huge consumer (laughs) of information. And so, you know, the brevity and the ability to sort of follow all these different things that you're interested in. You know, I, um, you know, I follow everyone from like, you know, the business leaders like Susie Welsh and Jeff Jones and, Kai, who's Ogilvy's chief creative officer, to certainly, I think, interesting celebrities like Leslie Jones and Chrissy Teigen, but then also people that I think have a unique point of view. So I love John Norris, who's the director of sustainable security at the Center for American Progress, (laughs) Um, and Lisa Lucas, who's the executive director of the National Book Foundation, because, I mean, she's got amazing book racks. So um, I'm a huge consumer. Um, and then what I tweet about, you know, I, I'll talk about marketing. I'll talk about different things that I'm seeing around in the, around the world. Um, I'll tweet stories that I think are interesting that provide, you know, that, that other people might find interesting. So, um, you know, I, I try to be an interesting follow, <laughs> yep. but by providing things that I think people might actually get value from. Because you work at Twitter, when you get home at the end of the day, does it make you want to use all of the networks, really Twitter or all of them, more or less? Like, do you feel like I'm on it all day, I need to shut off? Or do you feel like uh, I'm so addicted, I can't stop? Um, I think that, you know, in general, it's, I don't think it has anything to do with working at Twitter. I think we're going into this world where people spend a lot of time looking at their phones, where there's an expectation that we're on all the time. And I think that's actually not a good thing. I think you have to be very clear in setting up um, your own guidelines for when you're going to be looking at your phone on email, looking at Twitter or any other platform, because otherwise you lose the white space to think. You lose the ability to sort of focus and be in the moment when you should be in the moment. And so 
when I get home or when I'm at a dinner, or I, I, I try to be very present in where I'm at. And so, you know, I'm on Twitter first thing in the morning when I wake up because I need to know what's going on in the world. And it tends to be the last thing I look at at night because other parts of the world are waking up and I want to know what's yep. going on in the world before I go to bed. But I do, I feel very strongly that we have to be careful about how much time we spend in these other places because I think there's real value in being present where we are and, 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 and focusing on those moments, whether it's, it's a, you know, a plan that you have to get out the door <laughs> or a dinner again, like with friends that you need to, you need to participate in. I think that's absolutely right. And it, it's such an important thing. It's just sometimes so hard to do, you know, when you're in it this is. constantly connected world, unbelievable. So what's yeah. next, anything next exciting in your life or coming out on Twitter that you're really excited about and proud of? Yeah, you know, I'm really excited to see sort of how our experiments with live progress and evolve. And so, Ooh, you know, exciting. Twitter Twitter is sort of where you go to see what's happening. And we've always sort of owned that live space. And so, you know, the everything from the deal that we've done with the NFL where we're broadcasting live games to if you were paying attention during either either the Republican National Convention or the Democratic National Convention, we were we were showing live coverage on Twitter and you could sort of see the tweets as people were sort of responding to these moments. You know, again, you go back to sort of behaviors changing and this concept of of how we watch these live events unfold um, and sort of how we participate as a member of the audience, I think, you know, that is evolving. Um, and your ability as a member of the audience to get closer to different perspectives. I mean, I was watching Andy Roddick <laughs> comment on the U S open, which, you know, he's Amazing. giving his sort of like rough um, personal point of view and um, via Periscope and Twitter. And I think, you know, this is a new time. And so I think it's, it's a really interesting time to sort of see um, how people, how people evolve, how we, how we experience things. Incredible. I can't wait to see what happens next with Twitter and live. It should be really exciting. And Melissa, where should people follow you if they want to get in touch with you? I assume they should go to Twitter. <laughs> they should go to Twitter. You can follow me at Melissa Barnes. At Melissa Barnes. You are one fabulous social lady. Thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.